have a 57-year-old man presents to the emergency department severe dyspnea and frothy sputum. His wife notes he has a blood problem that his doctor is monitoring. On physical exam, you note bilateral pulmonary rails to the mid-thorax. Vital signs are blood pressure 124 over 78, heart rate 140, respiratory rate 35, and temperature 99.5. Which of the following is the most common etiology of this disease process? All right, so this is a challenging question here because the answer choices, let's review those quickly. Those are A, acute myeloid leukemia, B, multiple myeloma, C, polycythemia vera, and D, Waldenstrom macroglobulinemia. It's a tough one. So looking at this question, let's try and dissect this and find out the best way to answer this. So we have a patient who has dyspnea and frothy sputum. That looks like heart failure. And we see patient is tachycardic and there are pulmonary rails as well. Ultimately, this is a picture of end organ damage here. But the reveal for this question is the patient has a blood problem. Okay, and we have to focus in on that. They're telling us that for a reason. And therefore, we shouldn't think that this is heart failure due to, you know, the classic coronary artery disease or cardiomyopathy from longstanding hypertension, right? This is due to some blood problem. So out of the blood problems out there, and for emergency medicine, this is, you know, a kind of rare entity, but this looks like a hyperviscosity syndrome. Right. You have elevated serum viscosity, it causes sludging, it causes decreased microvascular perfusion and vascular stasis, right? You know, it's like an ischemic process due to the sludging. So when we look at our answer choices now, how do we answer this question? Because one thing here that I note is every single answer choice here could cause hyperviscosity syndrome. And questions like this, where you have to just focus on the lead-in here and says, which of the following is the most common etiology? That means this becomes a knowledge problem for hyperviscosity syndrome. And pretty much all you almost need to know it or you don't. Now, here's a few tricks for this, okay? For looking at our answer choices, we look at acute myeloid leukemia. Patient with acute myeloid leukemia or AML, you know, this patient's a little old for it, but still possible. Usually you would be given something more. Maybe the patient has bruising, maybe they have other symptoms. And in this question, we're not getting anything like that. We're just being told they have a blood problem. Acute myeloid leukemia will have usually signs and symptoms associated with it. So I would cross out answer choice A, acute myeloid leukemia. Now let's go to answer choice B, multiple myeloma. Whenever I see multiple myeloma on an exam, it's usually in an older gentleman who will have an x-ray finding of bone involvement, right? There'll be invasion of the myeloma into the bone. They may talk about hypercalcemia. And we don't see any of that in this question. 
So I am going to cross out multiple myeloma. We're not given any hint that's multiple myeloma. Now let's go to answer choice C, polycythemia vera. So here it could be described as a blood problem, but in board questions will usually be given a hematocrit or a hemoglobin level. We may be told that they have pruritus or plethora, and we get none of that here, right? And so the test writers aren't giving us any more hints that this could be polycythemia vera. So I'm going to cross that out. So we're left with answer choice D, Waldenstrom macroglobulinemia. And interestingly, right, this really doesn't have any outward signs. And the symptoms here are really just all hyperviscosity syndrome. So Waldenstrom macroglobulinemia, which I remember the macro, the M, it's associated with increased IgM, okay? And, you know, you're not necessarily walking around with bruising or with plethora or with hypercalcemia due to bony invasion here, right? Those aren't the things that you'll see on an exam for this. So from process of elimination here, even if I didn't know the most common etiology of hyperviscosity syndrome, probably my best bet here is to go with Waldenstrom macroglobulinemia. And let's see if that is correct. I'll choose answer choice D. And sure enough, that is the correct answer. Hey everyone, before you go, remember you can also watch the reveal at the Rosh Review YouTube channel, where you can see me interact with the actual question and answer choices. And if you're interested in your own QBank, whether you're an MD or DO, a PA or an MP, simply go to the RoshReview.com website and sign up for a free trial. Keep learning, keep working hard, and always have a sense of mission about your work. Now is your time. This is Dr. Adam Rosh signing off.